Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, Michael Sidgwick, and Andy Murray from What Culture here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage pay-per-views. We have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a Blaker quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Sidgwick and Murray. And gents, we are gathered here today to talk about which WWE star should jump to AEW next. So, Sidge, start us off. Which star should jump from WWE to AEW? (laughs) Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. In particular, obviously, with respect to the recent news about Kevin Owens and speculation, of course, around Sami Zayn. Start us off there. Well, that's the impetus, isn't it? Kevin Steen heavily teased last night in collaboration with the Young Bucks, no less, that he's going to jump to AEW from WWE. (laughs) Phil, you're a hack. (laughs) You're an absolute (laughs) hack. No, he should jump. He absolutely should jump. Um, He's done as much as he can possibly do in WWE. They've never, through their unfocused booking really consistently positioned him as a top star. Mm -hmm. There are reasons for that. I don't agree with them. Vince McMahon has a very cosmetically driven idea of what he thinks a top star should look like. And realistically, that's the only thing through those parameters, which I don't agree with necessarily, that would stop him from becoming a top star anywhere in the world. He's a phenomenal promo. He's a ridiculously talented and low-key versatile professional wrestler. And he brings a different energy to AEW that they don't necessarily have at present. If you look at the complexion of their heels at the top of that card, you've got a sarcastic, cruel sociopath in MJF. You've got a very arch, theatrical, overtly hammy in the best way is Mm -hmm. Kenny Omega. Um, Taz is this wonderful trash-talking, like, irritant figure You've got a huge, immense range. Like Miro is this like action movie <laughs> badass um, with a wonderful like prestige wit in terms of how he scripts his promos. Kevin Owens, in parallel, is just a total psychopath who will hurt you and will swear bloody murder in your face. I just don't understand why he wouldn't jump. He's already said that he's pretty much going to do it, albeit covertly on Twitter. And to be fair, his legacy has waned somewhat. He used to be such a like cult, mythical figure. He called himself the Antichrist in Ring of Honor, and he almost got away with such a lofty nickname because he did 
once possessed such a dangerous aura that has been diluted as so much else is in WWE. He's played heel, he's played played face. They've tried to make him Stone Cold Steve Austin. They've tried to make a million people Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> They've tried to give him pipe bombs against the authority. Um, he's headbutted Vince McMahon. He's been a figure of fun at the expense of Braun Strowman. He's played such a wild range of characters because they've really tried to capitalize on his range. In the end, they've stripped him of his aura and his identity, and it would be wonderful to see him get one last great run where he belongs and where he'll get booked correctly. Mm. Andy, your reaction to the whole Mount Rushmore thing? Yeah, he, he's not exactly um, playing it subtly with all of this, <laughs> is he? Uh, especially when you look at the way those two bio changes marry up. He had, was it almost there, yes. the Young Bucks have there. Um, and this comes out like a couple of hours before Sean Ross Sapp, a Fightful reports that actually Kevin Owens' contract is up in January. Um, I agree with Sidgwick completely. I think he'd be an absolutely tremendous fit in AEW. The thing with Owens in WWE is that, yes, he had the Universal title, but it's kind of like a punk thing where he wasn't the guy in the company. He had uh, he did a good job, I think, of making lemonade from that run. Hey, Kevin, we need you to play uh, a chicken heel uh, for a while. Can you do that with Jericho? Yeah, yeah, no problem. And you did a really good job until Goldberg came along. and Yeah, should have taken it up to WrestleMania. We all yeah. agree on that one. Ruined Easter. Um, <laughs> but he's the, he's a guy who whose WWE run for me will be characterized by not the universal title run or, or even the great debut in NXT. His debut night was incredible and then the title win and everything else in the John Cena feud. But just a guy who can take the slightest sliver of creative, whatever mm. rubbish idea they've given him, that guy has ran with it, and he's always fully committed himself to everything. The face of America, or whatever he was called. Oh, Christ, I can't probably, He's yeah. had so many different guises and everything else, and he's always gone all in on them. He's always gone, hey, this is kind of weird. How about I jump off a 30-foot pillar to make it better and make more people pay attention? So... I think when you look at it relative to other NXT people who've come up to the main roster and had a run or whatever, he might be like the top three most successful people, mm. like certainly on the men's side of things. Um, he's had a good run uh, compared to what can usually be expected, but I'm very ready to see Kevin Steen again, mm. um, going back and revisiting some of that bloodthirsty work he had in Ring of Honor, particularly in the feud with Sami Zayn, El Generico. Uh, it, it's a different breed of animal. It's a completely different mm. monster. And I think he would fit extremely well. And he's got this bellicose energy to him that John Moxley sometimes has, but not to the same extent that he's going to rip your throat out. John Moxley's going to bludgeon you with elbows. Kevin Steen will just uh, tear your heart out. Mm. Um, I think he fits like a glove and it'd be a tremendous acquisition I, for sure. I would love to see heel Kevin Steen just annihilate Jungle Boy. Can you imagine yeah. the amount of sympathy he could mm. elicit on his behalf? And one more thing before we move on to the next guy is that I remember back when he was like really firing on all cylinders on Raw, um, Kevin Owens cut like a sit-down interview with Michael Cole. And Michael Cole was just asking nice questions in good faith that were a little bit probing. And Kevin Owens cut this really sinister, passive-aggressive presence where he really felt like he was coiled and ready to jump down his throat and tear it out, as Murray points out. And it was so effective. He was so, like, menacing in a low-key mm. way that I almost felt a sense of peril and pity and anxiety on the part of Michael Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Kevin Steen in that context with a Tony Schiavone? who's yeah. genuinely, legitimately likable, the heart and soul of AEW, <laughs> the mere 
presence, the implied threat of Kevin Steen doing something to Tony Schiavone, it would be so goddamn effective. Not to mention all the people he could work with. It's just a, a guaranteed home run, I would say, yeah. Steen in AEW. I'd credit Owens with, with getting me into NXT for my sins. I, I hadn't yeah. watched him in Ring of Honor or anything like that and hadn't watched him in NXT. And that moment with the John Cena Open Challenge, just my eyes were wide open all of a sudden. I was like, who is this man? Hello, John. And I need to watch, you know, and... Oh, it was just absolutely brilliant. You you mentioned Sami Zayn there. There was a lot of speculation yeah. about him as well over the last few days. Is he someone else? I mean, I always moan about how underutilized he is yeah. in WWE. Yeah, I it almost seems a bit kind of not lazy, but like wrote to go from Kevin Owens to Sami Zayn, given how attached they've been uh, throughout their careers. But yes, absolutely. His contract, I believe, expires in October. So that's, that's like four weeks away, brothers. But um, there's speculation, isn't there, with, with injury or something, it's been extended? I this, don't, I don't... Is, this is it. It's, it's a confusing thing because if you look at his social media accounts, very difficult to parse real from, from, <laughs> from fake. You could hire Stevie Sherlock himself, give him a month, and he still wouldn't be able to figure it out. By that time, his contract would have expired yeah. and he'd have signed for impact. <laughs> uh, but no, he's another guy. Um, he, Sammy is someone I wonder about, like as like high, le- like a really elite level in ring performer, right? Um, because we've not really seen a lot of him in that regard over the past years, really since he had his double sh- shoulder surgery. He's had bangers with Owens, and he's had some other little ones you can pick out here and there. So I wonder where he's at physically, and if he's if he even wants to kind of enter that that level of work where he'd be expected to deliver at a higher level mm. between the ropes. Um, but then you have to remove yourself from that and go, okay, he's operating on the main roster where that's not a priority and everything else. So that's one thing I wonder about him. But at the same time, as much as I think taking the mask off and transitioning to Sami Zayn in WWE was a great idea for him in his career, I'm not sure El Generico would have worked on WWE's main roster. I think it would work great in AEW, not only where people would have a level of nostalgia for it, but it, it's that kind of act that's really easy to latch onto for that audience in particular. They could buy the Bouncing Souls, ole, 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 for his entrance. It would get over in five seconds. It's got that level of crowd interaction that works so well in AEW. Um, if Steen's there, you can run back all kinds of stuff as WWE have done. If you want to, if you want to go down that route, he's just another guy as well who he's an all-time great babyface as far as I'm concerned. Whether they're working as Generico or the original Sami Zayn run in NXT was, for my opinion, the best of NXT. Um, that kind of 2014-15 era where it was him and Neville and and Tyler Breeze and Tyson Kidd and Sami was the guy during all of that. Um, he was just as vital in the the rise of Kevin Owens with the turn, just getting his ass kicked as soon as he won the belt, everything else. He's a very giving performer. He's really annoying when he's a heel. <laughs> um, he's just another guy that fits it like a glove. And he's another guy who's had a good main roster run, right? He's not been utilized to the full extent of his talents. Absolutely not. Um, but no one on the main roster apart from Roman Reigns is. Uh, and Brock Lesnar and Becky Lynch or whatever, whatever. Um but again, relative to <laughs> name a ricochet or, or whoever else who's come up, uh, he's had a good run. wonder if he's maybe thinking about moving on. Yeah, for me, it's yet another no-brainer. If you look at it from two angles, one, would he do well in AEW? Two, would AEW want him? The Young Bucks almost owe their career to El Generico. Um, they were inspired by El Generico's like really gregarious hawking of his merch and him playing the room in PWG and... Generico took him to one side and said, you're going to have to be like more 
like outwardly mm. engaging with your fan base. No one really gets paid that much in PWG. You really have to like sell your merch and prioritize your merch. And the Young Bucks took that advice and went on to completely revolutionize the way that merchandise is sold in professional wrestling. So they are tight with them. They owe a lot to their career. I'm 100% certain that they would extend an offer. And I reckon you would accept it. I think Sami Zayn is in that Daniel Bryan camp where when he gets asked about his thoughts on the creative process, he seems to enjoy the fact that he's been able to do things in it creatively mm. and actually get the ear of Vince McMahon and contribute to his character. But I don't think he sees that. And I'm, I'm, I don't know the guy. I'm just speculating mm -hmm. here. We're just talking here. <laughs> We're just speculating that I think that while he enjoys getting a little bit out of Vince McMahon on a professional level, it's kind of a major credit to his ability to get things over on TV. It's not quite full creative control. He can't really be happy with his mm. run and the way it's panned out. I just think he enjoys getting over and putting over the idea as he has with Renee, like on the um, oral sessions mm -hmm. podcast yeah. he appeared on. He was like, saying, I had a different experience to your husband because I got some things through and I'm quite proud of that. That's a nice thing to say, but it's not, it can't be fulfilling. No. And I have to echo literally everything that Murray said. Generic, it was an all-time great babyface. It was never going to work on WWE's main roster, that act, because it's quite irreverent. Mm -hmm. Vince McMahon simply wouldn't get it, but there's a certain charm that AEW operates under. They enjoy the irreverence, and I think Song would get him over in seconds. The Brain Buster would get him over in seconds. It would be absolutely awesome to see that on TNT. It would rule to see that on TNT. And generally, you can't run out of guys or have enough guys who can eat pins, mm. have credibility, have a respect about them. Like a Dustin Rhodes character, that's kind of closer to where I would see Generico fitting in than like a real top star baby face. I would get him in, preserve his aura, his rep, but I would have him eating pins to the to the rising heels of Ricky Starks of this world because as Murray also points out, I don't know how close he is to that impeccable PWG prime. Mm. They're two obviously uh, fairly obvious picks, I should say, uh, from WWE given the speculation. Another area, I suppose, you know, it's vastly improved over the last couple of years in AEW, but an area that I've no doubt they would love to take talent from WWE for is female talent. You know, we reported recently about Tessa Blanchard, that's not happening with WWE or AEW. So in terms of female performers from WWE that you think would do well or should jump to AEW, who immediately jumps to mind, Sige? This is the thing, literally nobody. If you're a male performer who's got incredible gifts, incredible talents, like untapped potential, even if you've been in that system for years, I would 100% say yes. Generico, Steen, Malachi Black, Miro, get yourselves over to AEW. You will be pushed. You will be allowed to create freedom to get over, to connect with the crowd, and you will be given leeway. You will not get buried in senseless and sensical, aimless, really just bizarre roles. Can you say the same thing about a female independent contractor from WWE? If I'm... I, I just wouldn't know what to think because you've got two choices and neither of them are ideal. You've got terrible booking, terrible dialogue in WWE, but you've also got, and this is to WWE's immense credit, particularly measured against the curve that is AEW, you've got pretty much a guaranteed role every single week. If you're a Nia Jax, a Charlotte Flair, a Becky Lynch, or a mm -hmm. Sasha Banks, or a Bianca Belair, you're going to be featured in multiple segments, 
You're always going to be kept in the creative mix. You're not going to be dragged down to the level of challenger of the week. You are going to be in title programs. I mean, programs outside of the title picture, whether they're terrible or not, you are going to be featured. You are going to work. And if you're a workhorse with a work ethic, you're going to be on television. In AEW, there's simply no guarantee of that unless your name is Britt Baker. And if I was a women's wrestling star from WWE, I would genuinely have way more of a hard think about where my career might lie in AEW. For me, until AEW can consistently build proper, intricate, long-term storylines beyond the title picture, which is the main and almost sole focus of what they do, I would be hesitant to say, I'm desperate to jump. If you're a Sasha Banks or a Becky Lynch, you're probably really guaranteed a great spot there, purely because you've got star power and a really ardent following. But I would still pause for thought. Um, However, it kind of get much worse for Asuka. And I love Asuka. She's an incredible performer. Great energy, great charisma. like Incredibly convincing, really exciting ring style. And she's pretty much done, I would say, on that main roster. If I was Asuka, I would definitely go. If I'm someone who's consistently getting profiled, I would not be very sure, to be honest. Yeah, I completely agree with that um, assessment of the division. They've really struggled to... Well, I, I, I say struggled. It's They haven't always endeavoured hmm. to get other characters over to the level of, of Britt Baker, who, who does well in quarter hours and everything else. Um, and it's a failing on their behalf, and it's one that they deserve the criticism for, particularly now with the, the talent pool being what it is. They're not short of really great wrestlers now in the AEW women's division, particularly with people like Ruby Soho coming in. But if I was to remove all of that and just pick someone, um, who could go over there and immediately improve it or fit in or whatever, it would be Sasha Banks. Because I don't think, certainly in ring-wise and everything else, I, I'm not sure there's somebody who's been on a better run mm. than her in WWE on the main roster over the past couple of years. Uh, and I think something that would put her in particularly good steading in AEW now is that over the past year or so, she has proven herself to be a really good carrier um, of workers who perhaps aren't on her level. She's had a couple of extremely neat matches with Carmella, who is, uh, you know, not, she's much improved. Yes. Absolutely, from her initial run in NXT when she was watching Enzo and Cass, like, tip hair removal cream over dogs and stuff. <laughs> she's better than that now. Um, but she's certainly not someone you would go, hey, that's a five star worker over there. Her and Sasha delivered big time in the mm. ring. Um, Sasha has the high-level stuff, obviously, with people like Bailey and Becky and Bianca at WrestleMania. Um, she's young still. She's only, like, 29 years old. She has immense charisma. She projects star power, unlike anyone else, I think, in that division. Um, she's exactly the kind of vanguard figure that a division like AEW's, which is, you know, at the moment about 50-50 on kind of experience near finish articles and up and comers and everything else. Um, It's kind of, it's such an obvious pick, right? That Because she's, for me, the standout person in the division, but she's also the ideal foundational piece. I think Becky Lynch is, uh, has maybe a stronger connection with her, folklore like fans and everything else Sasha has the stands don't get me wrong <laughs> and they're everywhere um, but she'd fit in well it'd be tremendous 
Uh, I don't see why she would ever leave WWE, uh, particularly if she's wanting to, you know, and there's things with Sasha's future. Maybe she wants to transition into acting and stuff. Yeah. Maybe she's like, hey, why am I taking 700 neck bumps a year? Like, because she does, she's a maniac bumper. Uh, maybe she'll look to transition into a more part-time role and everything else. But as far as the fit goes, yeah, I think she'd be excellent. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. We will get on to, as a sort of concluding point, dream picks. If you could pick anyone from WWE, we'll get into that in due course. But it's also worth mentioning here, you know, I think it's fair to say right now, I mean, anytime we hear about someone's contract coming up, it's arguably the start of this conversation. You immediately think, they've got to get out of there and get to, to AEW. And that's generally yeah. what's been happening a lot recently. There's not been many people committing their futures to WWE and certainly not many times where WWE's committed their future to a certain performer. But having said all that, there are certain people that we've spoken about that shouldn't go to AEW, who should really stay in WWE because that's the best place yeah. for them. Who would you would list in that sort of category? The MVP of SmackDown himself, Happy Corbin. Um, <laughs> he's... Whatever you say about the guy, and he's faced a lot of criticism throughout his, throughout his run in WWE. Certainly early on, you know, just kind of... 
bit of a bland, tough guy, big man, whatever, whatever. Um, but <laughs> for me, and a lot of people aren't going to like this, but I don't care. For the past few years, I think he's kind of showed a fair bit of range in his performances, particularly now. He's genuinely one of the most entertaining things on SmackDown. Um, throughout this whole run, as the down on his luck guy and his stained shirt and everything else. Now he's dressing like the man from Del Monte. He's got a Lamborghini. <laughs> it's tremendous content, but it's not the kind of stuff that I don't think is going to get over particularly well in AEW because it's a little bit wacky, it's a little bit goofy, and not in the kind of uh, self-aware level of goofiness that a Kenny Omega mm. or a Young Bucks will project. Um, working style as well. He's kind of tailor-made for WWE, right? He's you know he has the the flashy moves, he has the the deep six and the end of days, mm. and they look great. They look great every time, but. The meat and potatoes of his work is uh, I'll strap on a chin lock and and do whatever else, and it, that's not necessarily the kind of thing that's going to get over with an AEW audience. I think he's exactly in the right place he needs to be, and <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, the bizarro world of him in AEW wrestling all these all these people is kind of funny to think about, um, but never in a million years. If I was him, I would stay exactly where I am. There's a few people who do do need to realize that WWE genuinely for all we you know take a pop at them it does cater to a certain type of wrestler sometimes doesn't it it does but my pick would be a little bit more different than picking a Randy Orton because mm -hmm. I think it's obvious yeah. he's yes. committed yeah. his long-term future to WWE he's very much in the mold of WWE I didn't have to listen to JBL telling me that for about 10 years straight for it not to be burned into my goddamn <laughs> brain but here's one that I think some fans would say, I'd love to see what they can do in AEW. And I would think, I don't think so, brother. Seth Rollins? Mm. Ah. I don't think he should ever jump. If you look at how much they love him, it's quite bizarre considering the type of worker that he is. Um, he's always in the mix. He always gets very attentive, creative. I was going to say great there. I was going to say, no, he's on all the time. It doesn't mean he's great <laughs> creative. He's very much beloved by management. He's very much fed-pilled, if you like. If you remember, <laughs> who can forget mm. the summer of 2019? Yeah. Like, he had to turn heel because he was so fed-pilled. He's very much in the bubble. Every time he makes an appearance on a podcast with Corey Graves, he will hate the fans, which is what WWE does in general. <laughs> and the thing about Seth Rollins is... I think he works very well in the WWE system because he can have a banger with Cesaro that would bang at WrestleMania. People are going to hate this take. It would bang at WrestleMania, but would it really bang on a dynamite? People are going to hate that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I he, Seth Rollins is WWE's version of a capital G, capital W, great wrestler, and he's taken that role. He's made it his own, and WWE fans genuinely, legitimately receive him as... In much the same way we would receive a Kenny Omega or a Young Buck yeah. or a Pack or whatever. I think if he goes to AEW, he's not quite on the level of a Kenny Omega. He's not quite on the level of a Brian Danielson. I think he's legitimately better off having the legacy of, I worked X amounts of fantastic matches in WWE for this long at a time when they supposedly didn't care about pro wrestling. That's a good niche to have. He can hang his hat on that. I don't necessarily believe he's had that many great matches, but if you look at what he's done with Dominic and what's happened to Dominic subsequently, he has to be great on some level, does Seth Rollins. He does, even if I don't particularly rate his work, but I think his legacy is best upheld in WWE, not AEW. 
I, when I was thinking about this, when you were talking about this in the office before you came in here, I was thinking about someone I often do on a daily basis think about Big E. And that's not saying that he couldn't do sensational things in AEW. I just feel like, particularly right now, I suppose is the best example of this. If he'd go to AEW, we've talked about, you know, not necessarily that it's too bloated because they have that, you know, sort of cyclical nature to their roster. But in terms of priorities, especially with the new arrivals, Danielson Cole, et cetera, et cetera, along with the talents like you mentioned, the, the Kenny Omegas, the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes is coming back. I, I'm not going to say he's going to get lost in the shuffle, but he isn't going to be prioritized. And right now, do you think it's fair to say that WWE may finally realize what they've got on their hands? He's got the briefcase. He's hinting all the time with Paul Heyman about becoming a world champion. This is a really complicated one. And it's quite interesting to discuss because in Big E, you have the prototype of a WWE headliner. Yeah. You really do. He naturally wears the big smile out there yeah. that Vince McMahon usually imposes on people who look like genuinely frightened, like Finn Balor. Mm. So he's got this naturally likable, like outwardly happy personality. He's a power guy. He's super charismatic. He's great at promos. He's legitimately funny. He's got a pair of balls on him as well. Remember when he buried that um, Shining Stars line mm -hmm. on Raw? Like, he'll know what's terrible. He'll trust the audience to know that he can transcend the material. But at the same time, it, isn't it weird how he's not at that level? He should be at that level. He should have been positioned at that level and pushed to the goddamn moon. Why haven't they done that with Biggie? It's really bizarre. And it's... It, it's very indicative of me to the fact that WWE has completely lost it. If they can't make a WWE superstar out of Big E, and he was in the New Day, a big merch-shifting act for a long, long time, the fact that they stayed over for as long as they did is a real testament mm. to how over they were. They're the broken clock example of modern-day WWE, but as a single star, I think it's an embarrassment that they haven't made a megastar out of Big E, so maybe he should jump. Yeah, it's interesting to think about. I think on kind of a similar level to Sidgwick's point about Seth Rollins, I think if a lot of people were to look at the NXT roster at the moment and go, new era coming in, bigger guys, younger guys, who's going who's gonna to get lost in the shuffle a little bit? Johnny Gargano would probably be someone that a lot of people might talk about, despite his legacy on the brand and everything else. He's, uh, I think he's in his early 30s now, right? Something like, that. like that. Yeah. Not, not the biggest guy in the world. Not, I personally don't think that should matter, but clearly that's the new directive in NXT. He's a guy who, if he ever goes to the main roster, that's probably not going to go too well for him, history tells us. That being said, I think NXT, whatever this crazy new kids' TV look is going to mean for the show... I think NXT is still the best fit for him. Yeah. Because um, he has that legacy in WWE of matches the the Roan praise at and five stars and all this other stuff and everyone's been into them. Um, but I'm not too sure how the modern version of Johnny Gargano translates to AEW. He's a guy who has willingly invested in the, the Shawn Michaels-esque drama, which we assume comes from Sean's influence. He's been mm -hmm. Sean killed. Uh, yeah, they, <laughs> there you go. He's been HB killed. <laughs> Only joking. Um, and he seems to be a guy who relishes that style. And he he enjoys kind of like the melodrama of the Champa feud and one last beat and everything else. Um, and he's also really someone who's thrown himself into the style of comedy on NXT, which is kind of reminiscent of the main roster with your Dexter Loomises and your Cameron Grimes and we're having a bachelor party and all of this stuff. Gargano's kind of good at that stuff as well. 
not to like discount or discredit his adaptability or anything else, but I think he's a guy who's kind of perfect where he is and he could probably go to AEW and, and do quite well. I'm quite confident of that, but I, I'm not sure he'd do as well as he does in NXT. I think that's fair. Let's conclude then by taking your dream picks. If you could pick anyone, we're not talking about people whose contract's about to expire or people we even think necessarily are going to go to AEW, but if you could pick someone, Andy, anyone, who would it be? That's probably Shanky. <laughs> no, I'm going to go for a lazy answer, but I don't care. Uh, Brock Lesnar. Um, he's, I love Brock Lesnar. That's that's the reason. <laughs> WWE's presentation of him has created kind of a toxic relationship with the audience at times when, when he wins in X amount of time and he beats this guy over and over and everything else. But um, I think if booked with a little bit more finesse... Brock Lesnar could be a huge asset to AEW on every single level. Um, he's a legitimate guy, obviously. He's a former UFC fighter, former amateur wrestler. Everyone knows him from pro wrestling. I imagine he would attract a decent audience over and everything else. Um, but there's a special quality, a special aura to like big-time Brock fights that aren't really present in a lot of other guys in, in pro wrestling these days. He feels like a prestige fighter. He feels like a prize fighter. Mm. Um it, the, go to the, the Finn Balor match, the AJ Styles match, the Daniel Bryan. There's a different energy in the room when that guy steps in the ring. And it's something that I don't think AEW necessarily has at the moment. I'm not one of these people who thinks, uh, oh, AEW's roster is too small, anything like that. But Brock carries a different aura. I think it's unique in modern wrestling in general, really. He's a scary guy. When he walks in, you take notice. And while he's still got some gas left in the tank, that would be my dream move. Mm -hmm. It'll never happen because he'd cost $400 million. And then you go to Vince, and Vince would give him $500 yeah. million. Um but I would be very excited to see what that looked like. And I would love to see Brock Lesnar versus Marco Stunt. Always, always. Uh, I mean, top that. If Roman Reigns became... <laughs> if Roman Reigns became All Elite, it would be so funny. If nothing else. Like, he's a class performer. Yeah. He's genuinely great, monologuing aside. He's legitimately great in this role. It would still, however, be so funny. It's never going to happen. No. He's the one guy in that company who comes across remotely cool. And he comes across very cool, but remotely cool. He's beloved. He'll be getting paid a fortune. He's grasped the idea and is in love with the idea of being their top guy. It's the guy's entire gimmick. It's not happening. It would be so funny. You cannot tweet a single positive online sentiment about anything relating to AEW without a guy who genuinely prefers WWE posting the gif of the lay. So I really liked um, this upcoming indie, independent star's performance on Dark. It was really good. I acknowledge him. <laughs> I, I, right, okay, I acknowledge him sometimes, but I'm talking about something else here. Yeah. Like, you cannot possibly talk about Kenny Omega and put him over on Twitter. And I do, because I think he's great. Every reply... Mm -hmm. I see that one, the one of them sitting there in a suit going like this, isn't it? They've only got two modes to stance. Or, well, the, um, the television thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, tell you, eh, it's what people do when Brock Lesnar and John Cena and Becky Lynch aren't there. So, um, <laughs> Look, here's the thing. It would be class. It would mostly be funny because he's the one guy who has mobilized this audience, the hardcore audience. And, you know, sometimes some of them are dicks. 
<laughs> yes, sometimes they are. So honestly, man, I've had great times just with WWE fans at live events. And you don't get enough of that, obviously, during this goddamn pandemic. So you get the dirge of Twitter instead. I, I get it, yeah. The Roman Reigns, are, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it would be funny. It would be really funny for me. But that's just my very brief experience on Twitter informing that pick. For schadenfreude purposes, my actual pick is Walter. Oh! <laughs> Many of the same reasons Walt, uh, Murray just said. As Murray was saying, very few people carry that aura. The only thing I could think of was the only person who really approximates it in pro wrestling right now is Walter. And AEW is magnificent, tremendous at building up, promoting, pushing, presenting a whole range of baby faces. When you thought the idea of a baby face was dead in the ground and only heels could get over, cool heels could get over, or anti-authority mm. meta baby faces like Brian and Punk could get over, they get earnest baby faces over because they can actually book baby faces. And what's the best thing about a wrestling baby face? Watching them get kicked in and watching them come back. And Volta is outstanding at kicking people in and selling their comebacks. And because he's so good at being dominant, invincible, hard as hell, it's great watching the comebacks. Mm. Jungle Boy versus Volta will be an unbelievable hangman page. Danielson versus Walter, man. Can you imagine that? It'd be absolutely incredible. So, Walter's my, uh, I love him, man. He's great. Yeah. He'd be my dream pick. My dream pick as we rack things up? Shane McMahon. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Let us know your thoughts, though, in the comments section below. Uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcasts. And you can continue the conversation with all three of us on Twitter, at What Culture WWE. Watch you there. Follow all three of us. You can follow Andy Murray at... Follow me at Andy H. Murray. The H stands for Hogster, which is a young sheep, hog, or boar. Learning something new every day. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at. You can help me acknowledge the tribal chief <laughs> at M Sidgwick. And you can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. But for now, this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick, to Andy Murray, to you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.